Well, last week we finished up John chapter 19. So today we will begin studying John chapter 20. So you can go ahead and open up your Bibles there. We've come to a place in our study of the Gospel of John where Jesus has been crucified, dead, and buried. His body was taken down from the cross, and uh, they then prepared his body for burial, which was done by Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. Uh, And as we studied last time, they were both secret disciples of Jesus. But now his body has been placed in a tomb, and the tomb has been sealed up. Then here in verse 1, of chapter 20, it says, Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Now, okay, Mary Magdalene, from a biblical standpoint, where do we know her from? Well, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 8. Luke is to the left one book from where we are now in the Gospel of John. Luke chapter 8. And speaking of Jesus, verse 1 says, Now it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's wife, and Susanna, and many others who provided for him from their substance. Okay, so here we see Mary Magdalene. She was a sickly woman that was filled with seven demons. What these demons were or what type of effect they had in Mary's life has not been made known to us, but Mary was a follower of Jesus because he had a tremendous impact on her life. And we see here that Luke takes the time to point out the names of these women that were followers of Jesus. Besides Mary, we see Joanna and Susanna listed here. You see, Jesus never made women inferior to anyone else. He always treated them the same as he did the men. Galatians 3.28 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. You see, Jesus sees us for who we are, not what we are. We must always keep that in mind. And these women here in Luke chapter 8 provided for Jesus from their own substance. Who knows what that means? Maybe they provided meals. uh, Maybe they made clothing for him. But the interesting thing about that is that Jesus could have provided all these things for himself. But he allowed himself to be reliant upon others when he was here. Jesus himself said that it's more blessed to give than receive. 
So by placing himself in a position of receiving, he was blessing these women. And we do well to keep that in mind sometimes too. We're often too proud to receive help from others. But sometimes the ability to humbly receive is a better example of Jesus in our lives than the ability to give. Because giving often puts us in a higher place, but receiving puts us in a lower place. But nonetheless, what I wanted to point out to you here is that this is where we see Mary Magdalene becoming a follower of Jesus Christ. He healed her and set her free from seven demons. Just like everyone that becomes um, a sinner saved by grace, Mary Magdalene was no saint. But she was a follower of Jesus Christ. Now there's other scriptures we can look at that talk about Mary Magdalene always being there as a follower of Jesus. And it's a good study to do on your own time. But let's go ahead and turn back to John chapter 20. So Mary has uh, come to the tomb in verse 1. It says very early while it was still dark and she sees that the stone has been rolled away. Then in verse 2 of John chapter 20, it says, Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. Now, remember, On a few different occasions, we have seen uh, this reference here to the disciple whom Jesus loved. And we've talked about how every indication seems to point to this being John, the writer of this gospel. And I think it's really neat that he refers to himself in this way. Because I look at it like this. Think about a child being taught by their parents, or maybe they were taught by a Sunday school teacher that song, Jesus Loves Me. There's not a thought more precious or a truth more pervasive than the fact that Jesus loves us. As followers of Jesus today, we must have the knowledge of this fact deeply rooted in our hearts. Mary Magdalene knew Jesus loved her. The woman at the the well, remember her back in John chapter 4? She knew Jesus loved her. The woman caught in adultery knew Jesus loved her. Peter, even though he denied Jesus, knew that Jesus loved him. And John, the writer of this gospel, wrote more on the topic of love than any other biblical writer. Yes, Jesus loves us. For the Bible tells us so. And the Bible shows us so. And several weeks back, we read in John chapter 15 that greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And that's how Jesus showed us how much he loved us. But anyway, verse 1 tells us that Mary saw the stone rolled away and she went and reported this to Peter and John. And then in verse 3, Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. Now, when it says here that Peter and the other disciple went out, what does that mean? Where were they at this time that Mary approached them with this news? 
We know that a lot of the disciples were in hiding. They were hiding out someplace in fear for their lives, but we'll see a little later in our study here that Peter and John were probably at their homes at this time when Mary approached them. But you know, the fact that Mary went to the tomb at all showed a lot of courage on her part. Because the tomb was being guarded by soldiers. And for Mary Magdalene to approach this area during this volatile time says to me that she was pretty brave. But she wasn't alone when she went there. There were other women with her at this time. Let's take a look at Matthew's account of what has been taking place here after the death and the burial of Jesus Christ. Turn to Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27, and I'm going to read a lot of verses here, so uh, follow along with me. But in Matthew's account here, Joseph of Arimathea has taken the body, as we saw in the Gospel of John. Then, looking down in verse 59, so Matthew chapter 27, verse 59, it says, When Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and he laid it in his new tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock. And he rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb and departed. And Mary Magdalene was there, and the other Mary sitting opposite the tomb. On the next day, which followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees gathered together to Pilate, saying, Sir, We remember while he was still alive how that deceiver said, After three days I will rise. Therefore, command that the tomb be made secure until the third day, lest the disciples come by night and steal him away, and say to the people, He has risen from the dead, so the last deception will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard. Go your way. Make it as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone and setting the guard. Then, let's let's keep going here, verse 1 of chapter 28. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen as he said, come see the place where the, where the Lord lay and go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. Okay, so now we're getting a, a little more of a picture here of what is taking place with these women. But there are a lot of details um, that I believe we should... Um, Take time to study some of them. I know you guys won't do it if I give it to you as a homework assignment, so we're going to do it right now, okay? Uh, yeah, You'll probably tell me your dog ate your homework or something like that, but what I want to do here is, is I'm going to go over a little bit of a, a timeline of sorts with you concerning these events in the lives of these women, okay? 
So as it relates to the resurrection, the first thing that happened was the earthquake that we see reported here in Matthew chapter 28. An earthquake took place. An angel of the Lord descended from heaven and rolled the stone away from the door and sat on it. The Roman guards then shook for fear and became like dead men. Mary Magdalene and the other women may have been on the way to the tomb when the earthquake happened, or it may have happened before they started on their way. The Apostle Mark, in his accounts of these events, said that Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought, or bought spices that they might come and anoint the body of Jesus. We know that of these women, Mary Magdalene left while it was still dark, like we saw in verse 1 of John chapter 20. Now, go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 16. I'm kind of going through this quickly. You can do this study on your own. Put all the events together. Study the four Gospels and line them all up and see the picture. Okay, but Mark chapter 16. And uh, let's read verses 1 through 3. And I've, I've already partially quoted some of this to you. But uh, Mark chapter 16, verse 1. Now when the Sabbath day was past, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door? Of the tomb for us. So you see, these other women were are walking, and while they while they're walking, they're asking each other, "Where are we going to find somebody to roll this stone away for us?" It's a heavy stone, right? So now Mary Magdalene has arrived. The other women have arrived, and then in verse four it says, "But when they looked up, they saw the stone had been rolled away." for it was very large. See, at this point, as soon as these women saw this, Mary Magdalene takes off running to Peter and John, like we read in John chapter 20, and says to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him, right? Now, while all this was happening, the other women stayed behind and remained at the tomb. They did not come with Mary Magdalene to Peter and John. Then in verse 5 here, it says that, And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. So then, who is this that enters the tomb here? The other women, right? Minus Mary Magdalene. And Luke chapter 24, verse 3 says, They went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. So while they were wondering about this, two men stood by them in shining garments. These men were angels. At this point, the event described in Matthew chapter 28, verse 5 took place, where it says that one of the angels said, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell the disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, 
He is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. Now that's Matthew chapter 28, verses 5 through 7. Okay, so at this point, these women here, minus, again, minus Mary Magdalene, ran off from the tomb. And they too, like Mary Magdalene, started running to go tell the disciples. It's amazing to me how the women are where they should be, while the men are all off in their man cave somewhere hiding. (laughs) But while these men are heading, um, excuse me, while these women are heading toward the disciples, Peter and John were already on their way to the tomb because Mary Magdalene had already made it to them. And now we'll go back and we'll pick it up from there in John chapter 20, verse 4. So go ahead and turn back to John chapter 20. So that's kind of a a quick timeline of sorts of what took place. John chapter 20, verse 4 says, So they, who's this they? It's Peter and John, right? Both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. (laughs) A little bit of competition in John here. He wanted the whole world to forever know that he was faster than Peter on this day. And he, verse 5, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. So now John humbles himself a little bit and lets us know that he may have got there first, but he didn't go in. Verse 6, then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloths lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. Now, in verse 6 there, when it says that Peter saw the linen cloths lying there, that word saw, S-A-W, is the Greek um, word um, theoreo, okay? And it means to contemplate, observe, scrutinize, okay? So Peter is trying to figure out here what happened. Why is this handkerchief folded neatly off to the side by itself? Why would somebody steal the body and neatly fold up the clothes? It was as if the body had evaporated or something right out of the clothes. What's taking place here? Peter's scrutinizing it. He's he's contemplating it. He's He's... intensely um, observing this situation. Verse 8 says, Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and believed. Now here's something very interesting here. The word saw, S-A-W, there in this verse, which by the way, I'm reading to you from the New uh, New King James Version of the Bible, but that word saw there in this verse is a different Greek word. It's the word eido, E-I-D-O, and it means to understand, to perceive the significance of. So Peter simply theorized, but John understood. That's a big difference. 
Many people today try to understand the things of Jesus with a head knowledge rather than coming to a place where they know for sure in their heart the truth about Jesus. That's two different things. Do you see that? Okay. Verse 9, For as yet they did not know the Scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Now, here again, let's look at the Greek. The word know there in verse 9, K-N-O-W, is the word idol. It's that same word, to understand, to perceive the significance of. So what it is, is it hasn't hit home with them yet that Jesus has risen from the dead. Okay? Which again, not to be redundant here, but it says that there's a big difference between knowing of the things of the Lord and truly knowing the Lord himself. It's, you can know the things of the Lord. Oh yeah, I've heard that about Jesus. Oh yeah, I heard that when I was in Sunday school. Oh yeah, I hear that every Sunday. But it's totally different from knowing the Lord in your heart. You see, the Lord doesn't hide himself from anyone. But one must actively seek Jesus with all their heart. Because when someone has just a head knowledge of Jesus, it's very easy for their minds to be changed. But when someone has a heart knowledge of Jesus, it means that they have died to themselves and they no longer trust in their intellect, but rather they now walk by faith and not by sight and you're not moving them from that spot. That's what happens when you come to know Jesus in your heart and not just in your head. Okay, verse 10. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. So that's why I said earlier that Peter and John were at their homes. Because this verse says they went away again to their own homes. Okay, but can you imagine yourself in uh, the, I want to say the shoes of the disciples, but in the sandals of the disciples? You follow Jesus for a a three-year period of time. He's arrested. He's crucified. He's dead. He's buried. Maybe he's not who you thought he was. Your hopes are shattered. You're trying to deal with his death, and all of a sudden you find out that his body is missing from the tomb. Peter and John here probably hung their heads low and headed home. John's probably saying, come on, Peter, keep your head up. I believe something wonderful has happened here. Peter may have been saying, forget about it, John. It's over. Who knows what's going on with these two right now. But I'm just saying, put yourself in their sandals. And what about Mary Magdalene? She came back to the tomb with Peter and John. She probably didn't run as fast as them. Peter probably outran her, maybe. Who knows? But uh, but verse 11 says, But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she, ta- and she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. You see, the angels didn't appear to Peter and John for some reason or another but they did appear to Mary Magdalene. Verse 13, Then they said to her, A woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Do you see how personal Mary made this? She called him 
my Lord. He was everything to her. He had freed her from so much bondage, and she loved him with all her heart. Let's just briefly turn to Luke chapter 7. To the left of the Gospel of John, one book, Luke chapter 7. And let's go down and start reading in verse 36. Luke chapter 7, verse 36. Speaking of Jesus, it says, Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with a fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, Teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors and owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to them, You have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. You see, this woman here, like Mary Magdalene, was forgiven of so much that she loved so much. Mary Magdalene was set free from illness and demons by Jesus, and to her, he was her Lord. It wasn't a head knowledge that she had. It was a heart knowledge. Mary's life was forever changed by Jesus. Turning back to John chapter 20, Verse 14, it says, Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. You see, Mary has this brief conversation with angels, and then she just turns away. She wasn't enamored with these angels. She didn't care about seeing them. She was seeking her Lord. Today, many people are seeking angels and other supernatural things 
when they just need to be seeking Jesus and Jesus alone. You see, Mary had it right here. Verse 15, Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? You see, Jesus speaks to Mary, right? But it doesn't hit her yet, right? It goes on. She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, teacher. You see, there was something powerful about the way Jesus said her name. At first, when he spoke to her there, she did not recognize him. But when he said Mary, everything changed. You know, Jesus knows your name. Jesus loves you. He wants to be your Lord, your master, your teacher, your everything. Mary Magdalene is a powerful example of a woman that loved and sought after the Lord with all of her heart. And this was all because he loved her and set her free. And I encourage you, seek the Lord with all of your heart. And you will know his love for you. And you will see him and know him as the risen Lord that he is. Jesus is not a religion. Jesus is your Savior. He wants to be your Lord. By his Holy Spirit, he wants to come into your heart. And if you've not come to that place where you know this, more than just the head knowledge, but you know it in your heart, and you know His presence in your life, you can come there today. It's not hard. He's there for you. You see the truth. If you're listening to these teachings here, then you're beginning to see what the Scriptures say about Jesus. And that's the only place to find out the truth about God is to go to the Word of God. Go to the source. Go to His Word and find out who He is. Find out His love for you. Seek Him out. Don't be worried about chasing other supernatural things. Don't be worshiping the stars. Go to the Creator of the stars who, who became flesh and dwelt among us to save you. Worship Jesus. Seek Jesus. He will reveal himself to you. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you here at the Ministry of Abounding Love. And you can contact us via our website at aloveoutreach.com or you can email us at info at aloveoutreach.com We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to answer any questions that you may have. We'd love to encourage you to seek Jesus with all of your heart. And that is the purpose for all of these teachings being recorded. God bless. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time.